our parents see themselves in us, right? Like we are a piece of them. And so by extension, sure. they are fighting with another piece of themselves. Mm. Um, That's a great point. Fine. And so like you, you live, they live vicariously through you. My father says it to me. He's like, I live vicariously through you. You're doing yeah. all these cool things. That's and that makes me excited. And yeah. you know, that's something that's really beautiful about like parenthood is having that, you know, mm-hmm. a person, but it can be toxic. Right. And that's, that's right. sometimes it happens that you have to fit a certain box or a certain idea that your parents had about how you should come out how they wanted to live their life but they couldn't exactly. um and, and they are hoping that you are going to be the break the generational curse right hey, hey, hey. open up your mind even when it's not with the bullshit. hey this is colin cadet and alexa claire the sky blanks and you're listening to the 27 21 club open up your mind even when it's not with the Welcome to another episode of 2721 Club. Today, I wanted to ask y'all a question. So my cousin brought up this Twitter post that was really interesting to me. It says, hot take, too much gaslighting from a parent as a child turns you into an argumentative person desperate to prove your version of events because you're used to being dismissed in an unfair power structure. So this kind of goes into how we've been, like our relationship with our parents and how growing up how it was whole that whole conversation of you know don't make me get my belt I'm gonna give you something to cry about um stay out of grown folks business like all that kind of stuff to make you understand that you are part of a power structure and you're actually at the bottom of that totem pole and how that has led to you growing up and y'all tell me because I'm not I'm not gonna put your truth on you but how that has led to some people including myself at some points growing up to become a person that is so wanting of others to understand your point of view so that you can matter, so that you are no longer on that bottom of that totem pole. Rather, you're a little bit higher, mid or, you know, at the top. So I'm curious to know a little bit more about, like, what y'all's thoughts are on that. And if you feel like you were gaslit from your parents. Actually, you know what? We should probably decide to define what gaslighting means. Because mm. I feel like a lot of people, like, get caught up in the terminology of it and don't Definitely. quite know what it means. So I took the initiative and went over to Miriam Webster because, you know, they know what's up. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Gaslighting is defined as psychological manipulation of a person, usually over an extended period of time that causes the victim to question the validity of their own thoughts, perception of reality, or memories, and typically leads to confusion, loss of confidence, and self-esteem the uncertainty of one's own emotional or mental stability and a dependency on the perpetrator. So I really feel like that is such, so does that, was that clear? I just feel like that was such a great definition for what gaslighting is. It's a matter of like, you feel some type of way about something. Somebody's like, mm, you're making that up. Yeah. And you're being like, oh wait, am I making that up? But no, you're not. Your, your experience is absolutely valid. It's invalidating your feelings. Exactly. Make you think of like a dystopian idea of what you are living and yes. not really being empathetic about your views exactly and how that even and then so the part of this, this episode that i really want to focus on is how that feeling becomes so like even bigger because you're a child mm-hmm. so automatically you will your feelings already don't matter so yeah. on top of that with the gaslighting it's just how does that manifest into how you interact with people as you get older mm. right 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 yeah um i think that was a i think that the uh point on being a child um you don't you know actually have a reference for how things like could or otherwise like should look you know you're you're sort of um operating from your subconscious i think from until from age until you're like five or seven you're um you know operating 
from a space where you um, are just absorbing. And in many ways, um, that means that leaves you very susceptible to um, the, the, the sort of unhealed uh, predispositions of your of your parents. And um, in so much that, you know, um, <laughs> yeah, you know, in so much that they may have felt powerless throughout their life or even in their current life in the workplace or just in society as people who occupy marginalized identities. Um, unfortunately, that ends up um, entering the, the house and the home space. And it, and it essentially is like, okay, um, in this house, you know, I'm in charge and I'm, I, you know, but it makes one question, like, you know, um, does power need to look this way to the extent that like your child should feel voiceless, right? Can, can you still have a, a authoritative role without um, warping your child's understanding of reality in a way that may not always be constructive. Wow. What are your thoughts, Guy? Um, no, I mean, what I said about, you know, kind of dystopian, creating a dystopian of, and like, like being a young child, you really absorb everything, right? You look to your parents to be those um, beacons, those guys, the first person, people you know. And so kind of you take everything that they say like into extra um, it's extra potent to you because you see them as the end all be all the, the good they're my you know they know everything they know everything that's all that's my point of contact to the world right and so it's, when you don't have these other references these other role models you really cling to everything so everything is so much more intensified good and bad um, with those experiences right. and exchanges you have with your family and so you know being in a position where you have your parents kind of invalidating your feelings um, and not understanding or taking the time to really listen to you. And, and, and this is what I give, and I understand why this happens, right? Your parents have a million other things they're worrying about, their bills, their career. Their, you're, you're, when you're a parent, you're multitasking. So you're not always in the position to be, you know, uh, moving slowly and, and taking the time to listen to your kid, even though they really need it to. Um, and so this is like this balancing act that I see that, you know, happens with families is that, yeah, like I, I, I have experience. I have a certain experience, and this happens as adults too. Where you work with your friends and, and, and interact with other people, you're like, oh, I already assume I know what's wrong, wrong, or I already assume what the answer is, mm -hmm. and I know better because I'm in this. I, I went, you know, I'm a hierarchical figure to this person, my little brother, my my father, whatever, and then I say, okay, let me quickly resolve this and move on, but no, I wasn't, I need to keep talking about this. I need you to understand me, not just dismiss my feelings. And so this happens a lot uh, throughout growing up. Absolutely. I feel like it's, I feel like it's a, it's missed lesson almost like a missed lesson from parents to children about how to teach their kids how to listen. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm speaking and I'm being told that what I'm saying doesn't matter, how do I then know how to approach others and listen to others as I grow up? Yeah. I feel like that's a part of it. And also a matter of I don't think we can, we, 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 we're talking about parents in a matter of, um, <laughs> those, those Instagram DMs. I know, it's <laughs> Y'all got something in the DMs. I, have I know she's looking around. good, but you gotta relax. It's crazy. <laughs> I have my silencer on it. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, I, we think of parents so much as guides, as people, you know, the end all be all, they know everything, right? But I also think of them as what should be a child's first advocate. Mm -hmm. And that needs to be two-sided. 
it needs to be two-sided in a matter of you are my advocate outside the home and you are my advocate inside the home. And so when you're being your child's advocate inside the home, and I mean, and let me be contextual here. I am not a parent. <laughs> I am not a parent. I'm still, I'm an adult, but I'm still a child because I have not Oh, wait, can we discuss that? <laughs> bitch, I bitch, I'll say something about that. <laughs> what did he say? No, I saw a video and he was like, what makes a man? Like, what, what is it being 16 driver's license? Is it being 18, 21 when you can drink? What defines you being a man wow. and not a kid anymore? He goes, I'm still, I'm still learning to be a man. I'm, I took me a long time. I thought I was a man when I made a million dollars. But actually, I'm still learning and trying to figure it out. He goes, a man comes from being high responsibilities, being responsible for others, yeah. providing for them. Um, and so that's a lesson that you have to learn. Because a lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of these parents are still children themselves. A lot of adults, <laughs> yeah. Generally, I, th I think there's something that needs to be discussed, which is to recognize that there's like a, um, a sort of, you know, st stunting um of, of mm -hmm. maturation that can take place due to traumatic environments um i don't think like, another thing that i think we could benefit from defining is trauma i don't think a lot of people actually understand what trauma is we talk about it a lot um but what trauma ultimately does is it it, it stunts your ability to uh psychologically mature like a lot of people are mm -hmm. psychologically infantile because of things that took place during when they were younger um, and so what happens is trauma will, will essentially cause you to return to that moment emotionally in your body, um, mm -hmm. in the present moment, because of how much of, uh, the, of a strong association, um, you have to what took place. So even if you're grown, um, you may not have experienced the development that comes with, you know, being 30 or 20, because emotionally you're still 14 or 12 or seven from when whatever happened when you were younger. Um, and so I think a lot of people think about trauma as these like very extreme moments that happened, you know what I'm saying? But trauma can be very subtle. It's just something that causes you to react in a, um, in a, in a, in a, I would say in a, in a, in a, in a strong emotional way that, that creates a, uh, um, an imprint in your um, body mind that ultimately, uh, you know, makes you essentially feel that same feeling when you're no longer experiencing that anymore. So you can be in the, in the, in the, in the present, you know, and still experience how you felt, even though it's not happening. And so that, that can stunt somebody's ability to otherwise develop in, in productive ways. Um, now, how does that affect parenting? How does that affect the ability to be present with your child? You know, it, it, this is what, this is essentially what projection is like the whole basis of um, why, you know, um, people may just without knowing it uh, be behaving in ways that they picked up while they were, while they were being raised, you know what I'm saying? Um, and therefore that becomes this trend of um, generational trauma because there's not that consciousness to take a step back and be like, okay, like what cycles have, am I repeating that um, are bringing up my child that contributed to things in me that I didn't, that I, I don't, that I'm still working on, you know, how can, how can I pivot? How can I, how can, can I, we actually the next generation? I just want to harbor what you just said, because it's the awareness of the cycles in the first place that I don't think is even there mm -hmm. because, and, and I'm not talking very contextually here. We're all, you know, we're, we're black people. <laughs> I mean, yeah. our parents are black people. Or black and Latina, and Latina people, a eh? but people of color, right? right and right. so there's a very particular type of 
culture there about how you raise your children that is acceptable that is expected that is traditional mm-hmm. if you go against that because what we what we were talking about like in the preference episode we're talking about like soft parenting and all that like they will look at that and like guffaw like it'd be like what is that that is some white stuff like i'm not about to soft what does that even mean i really feel like a lot of parents and and because if you think about where they're coming from it's a matter of survival so if you're talking about the imprint right i love that word that you use especially the imprint of this pattern of trauma that occurs to them throughout their own lives and how that cycle is repeating itself and how they are raising us without being aware of it, right? Because that's the key part. They're not aware of it. There's no malicious intent. There's no cruel intention. In some cases, right. sure. But for us, I feel very confident saying like our parents are not like trying to like cope our lives. Right. Right. Um, but like there's no malicious intent, no cruel intent. But it's just a matter of there's no awareness of this pattern that is being repeated. And there is no urging, I feel as though, for that awareness to come about. Like, what do, why do I need to turn to the mirror and look at the mirror? Like, there's no mirror there. What are you talking about? So mm-hmm. when we're thinking about that, is it, do you think it's worthwhile to make our parents aware? Like, do you think it's worth our time? Well, to say, say, hey, you treat me this way? I mean, like. Well, not you treat me this way, but how you did this made me feel like this. Do you think they care about the feeling? Because overall, I feel like they did what they did because they believe it was like a matter of survival. Like there's a certain amount of survival in how they they yeah, raised us. Yeah, I mean, their argument's gonna be like, "Hey, you turned out all right." You graduated. Right. You got. You graduated. You got a job. You got money. You live in DC. Okay. <laughs> actually i, w- I want to hear your perspective on this guy but hey y'all taking a quick break to check in and see how you're enjoying the show if you're learning from and loving what you're hearing be sure to subscribe to us on youtube and follow the show on spotify and apple podcasts now i've got to say don't forget to leave reviews y'all because that's how you show us that real love we're also active on instagram and tiktok at at 2721.club all right that's all i wanted to say back yeah, to the show yeah. Um, so I'm saying like they, they, and I, I think it's different, right? Like when you are a child and you say that to them and they, they dismiss you when you're an adult and now like, is this weird thing, right? Like when yeah. you guys are adults, right? When you got, at, moved out the house and you're on your own for the first time, there's like a new leaf kind of turned in your family. And I think it's also, it depends also like if you're the oldest, youngest, cause I know Colin, you have probably different experiences. You're the youngest, we're the oldest, but, and you know, they're worried about other kids in our family. But like <laughs> our siblings, are, but, uh, but uh, you know, you kind of have this new like term, and they kind of give you some more leeway and then treat you a little bit different, speak to you a little bit differently because then now you're okay. They see you as this adult, right? Quote unquote. Right. You still haven't, you know, said okay. They don't see you as complaining. Yeah, complaining. They see you you're okay. Engaged. You're independent, so I don't have to protect you as much. So they're not, you know, worried about you because like, oh, okay, you got yourself done. But then there's other things that you come across and you fight with and argue about, you know, mm-hmm. little things. That's always with family um so it was like yeah like how do I have that conversation because I remember I mentioned something to my family about my hair I was like y'all you never taught me how to do my hair properly and they got really offended about that really and um I'm like that's just the facts and then, you know it wasn't me being malicious about it it was just like I forget what, what the conversation but it was just like oh yeah y- y'all never really taught me how to like do my hair because what, what I'm like mixed so like my dad doesn't have the same exact hair as me my mom don't have the same exact hair as me they don't worry about how my hair styled I'm like, y'all have me looking like a ragamuffin when I was in a middle school or whatever. Right. And, uh, and, and, Not the kid that you can point out oh, and be like, oh, no. And they're like, not nah, cute, whatever. But like, you know, I'm, I was just making jokes. But then they got like kind of offended about that. And so it was like, you know, if that they get offended about that, what about when I was upset about this more serious situation? Yeah. Um, and so 
it's also you have to like balance their emotion and not mm-hmm. make them feel like they're attacked. And I think that's anything with like criticizing people. It's like you build them up and say, Hey, I appreciate you Thanks. taught me how to be like confident in myself and build this and build this thing. And but you know, you also could have did better here, or you know, I see you do, done, done this differently. done differently with my brothers, and you know, maybe they they should learn a little do more about this. So yeah, it's definitely an interesting situation where like you kind of pull yourself back and talk about it, but you know, that's a constructive conversation to have with them. I think it's also like healing, right? Mm-hmm. For for both parties, like, hey, these are things I really appreciate about you. I think that's another thing we want to talk about, right? Like, it's like what do we appreciate when we were younger um, right. about what our parents did well or what we would want more of or done well but i know colin you had a point that you wanted to ask before we move into that topic yeah um so one thing that you brought up was sort of legitimacy in success right and i think i wanted to sort of explore that in so much that um you know well what do you deem as success i think that like not to say that mm-hmm. um you know there's there's a certain uh, air of relativity to most things but i think that success is one of the more important things to talk about in so much that it is relative um within the fam- like family context like within the contextual to your um your family and um yeah yeah the nucleus that, yeah and i think that you know your point was oh well you know um no, he he uh he's he's self-sufficient. He's you know grown and you know um his voice is more valid or whatever might what have you, and it just made me think about just like it brings us back to what we were talking about earlier, which is that the validity of your space is conditional in so much that it's like oh like now you've checked off these boxes, and now I'll actually take you seriously, but but uh, I not otherwise have oh. taken you seriously. Um, simply just because your voice matters to me as my child. And on top of that, just the notion of like, I have to fulfill these certain things in order for my parents to like perceive me in a way that I know I deserve to be treated. What if, what if the metric for success for me is honoring my mental health and therefore having that conversation with my, my parent? So like, even if I achieve this other box, I may not feel like a success to myself because there's this wounding that's not addressed. There's conversations that haven't happened. And so it's almost that interesting component of it where it's like, I actually need to cross this bridge to challenge the parent in order for me to say, to, to, to feel like I am, you know, honoring my journey and healing as, mm-hmm. as, as in, in my reparenting journey and being like, Hey, you know, this thing I'm not attacking you for. I understand that this comes from, you know, your experiences and whatever you may have been carrying, but I didn't appreciate that. That that made me feel this way. And by doing that, I am successful as a person because I'm honoring my boundaries and I'm actually advocating for myself as and my own, you know, self-parenting path and journey. Not to say that that's not off the foundation of all of the positive parenting that I experienced, but, you know, when I challenge what success looks like for me it's honoring my truth recognizing my needs and boundaries and operating um as consistent with my values you know and that that can that can involve external societal or familial metrics or it can't or may, maybe it doesn't but as long as i meet my own metric um i'm successful and i think that like um it shouldn't be this thing where you know I can't be heard unless I, I fit into this legitimacy box. Like, I think ultimately it's like we, 
are inherently valid. Your voice matters. I think it's also a matter of honoring and piggybacking what you just said, right? I think it's also a matter of honoring your capacity, the, hmm, the healing, the cap, the capacities for the healing avenues that you're like exploring, right? So if you're saying you're going to talk with your parents about this and you're going to honor your mental health by doing so, you got to be okay with what the response might be as well. Don't say that. Don't say and speak your truth to them and expect them to be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry I put you through that. I hate knowing that my baby was put through that because of me. Like, they're not going to respond that way. Mm. Or half the time, they're not going to respond that way. At least not in the they're first interaction. Right, they're going to defend themselves yeah. because now they're coming at it like, oh, you yeah, you don't appreciate everything I did for you? Like, you don't understand how hard I, it was? Okay, I'll send you away. <laughs> right. I'll send your ass to, uh, what's it called? Uh, boot camp. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, though. So it's just really this matter of, like, okay, so you're having this conversation, but to what end? And are you okay with where it might lead? I think, like I think I'll speak in to, my own. I'll speak in my. Go on. Yeah, I, I think that it's we important see. that you have to excavate. Like, what is it like? And I, I guess I, I, I wanted to clarify. Maybe this is what I'm trying to say is that like, I, I think that it's important to understand that when when you're having these conversations, you're having them for yourself. You're not doing it because you're trying <laughs> to be confrontational, and you feel like wronged. So you're trying to like create justice by being like, "You wronged yes. me. Now apologize." No, it's like. You know, I, I want to still have a relationship with you. And this is a boundary that I've, that's important to me. And I want to communicate that. I want to communicate to you how things have felt for me, either in this season of my life or maybe in previous ones during when I was growing up. And in so much that I'm doing this healing, I just want you to recognize and honor that current need of mine in so much yes. that we're going to continue to have a relationship. Otherwise, hey, Colin. My, other, my other boundary will be that we need to reel back the relationship just in the interest of me looking out. And that's not to you say that fight. you don't, you know, love the person. It's just every, you know, we have to start understanding that the precipice and, and the foundation of your own, of, 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 of all love is how you meet yourself. And then from that point forward, you know, that can inform the dynamic with others. And obviously the parental and familial relationship ends up being the most triggering on healing <laughs> and the healing journey, because, you know, people feel like they have a certain like um, pre, uh, let's just say like access and a premium to you just because they knew you at a certain time and they're like, nah, that, that idea of I'm going to discount or whatever, I'm going to treat you however I'm going to treat you. But it's like, no, I, your mind. You, you know, it's, it's obviously That's love because we're family, but that doesn't mean that I don't have certain boundaries. You know what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. if I'm going to continue to have a healthy relationship with you, I'm going to communicate my boundaries. And it doesn't need to be about justice and I'm going to get, you know what I'm saying? I'm going to, this is I, me, no, me, me I, confronting I want, you is going to make me feel better about what I went through. No, I'm going to pour into myself. That's going to help me heal. But if we're going to have a relationship, I need to communicate my needs as I'm healing. I want to ask. So I think a, a thing for parents that's hard for them is like, oh, you're bringing this up. So it must be serious. But I don't see it as serious as you do, mm-hmm. you know, because like you said, it's about, you know, your your journey and self-healing of like talking about this topic. And if it's something like they see as like, oh, my new then they might feel like, oh, why are they bringing it up? Is there something deeper? And then they start getting defensive and paranoid about it. Um, so I guess the question for everybody is like, how do you have those conversations? How do you like even get in the room without like, making it like, seem like it's dire or they get dramatic or there's tears flowing and, you know, like <laughs> right. how do you come about it where it's, hey, and I think, I think from my perspective, it's, hey, I appreciate like, I had something like just being upfront with them. I mean, everyone's family's dynamics different, but it's like 
hey, I, I have this on my mind, you know, I'm getting older, I'm thinking about the future, like how I want to parent and how my future and you know, these are the things I really appreciate about you and what you did for me. But these are the things I really didn't appreciate. And this is something that's been in my mind for a while. And having that kind of approach to it, I think is a little bit more constructive. It's always it's always better when you're having any difficult conversation. I think there's a book called Having Difficult Conversations. And it's about like, you always give that compliment or um, you always build that person up before you tear them down and you build them back up with like reassurance of like, mm. I just want to, you know, have a discussion about you with you. Um, you know, I don't have any ill will. I love you. But, you know, these these are things moving forward. And this is what I kind of want to do when I am a parent and what, how I want to raise my kid. So, I mean, that, that's my perspective. But I would love to hear what you guys think. Well, I feel like the reassurance aspect of what you just, just said is really important. Making sure that they are aware that you are not attacking them. Yeah. And also offering context. I'm bringing this up because it's been on my mind for a while. It's not because I hate you. It's not because, oh, you were this as a parent. It's just because it's something I've been feeling for a minute. And as my parent, I feel safe opening up to you. And I want you to know about this. And at the very least, if you have a foundation of love with your parents, right? Love. I'm not saying like, oh, I talk to them every single day. And like, we have the best, best friend. Like, I'm not saying like, you have to have all the frills, which would be nice. But I'm not saying you have to have all that. But it's a matter of knowing in your heart of hearts that your parents have your back. As long yeah. as that's there. I feel like that's really fertile ground for having that kind of conversation. I've already had that conversation actually with my mom. God bless her. I love this woman so much, but like the, I'll offer it some context. So the pandemic was a rough time for my family and it came to a lot of awakenings, a lot of new understandings, a lot of truths that were kind of swept under the rug and were kept there because, you know, the dust is settled. Don't mess it up. I'm trying to breathe, you know, toxic air. Um, and I just, I can't live that way. And so being in the house, I guess I kind of got all that dust up, um, which I apologize for earlier because that wasn't exactly my place to do that. You're clean that attic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, Unless I'm a clean freak too. So, you know, I really yeah, am. Yeah, I really like, we gotta, we gotta get one order here. Like what's happening? So, but I was finally able to have that conversation with my mom and it didn't happen when I was at the house. What's funny is it actually happened months later. And this is where I think this, this is why I bring the story in because I think in some respects you start that conversation, but your parents meet you halfway at some point. Mm. And it might not be when you want, you can't expect you both to make that appointment. Hey mom, I want to talk with you at this time. Hey dad, I want to talk with you at this time. And by, you know, I want to meet you at one o'clock by 3 PM. We're going to be done. You're going to understand what I need to do now. It's not going to happen that way. And I think it's really important that we say that. I think that, at least in my experience, it started off with a pattern, a pattern of me saying, here's the truth I'm noticing, here's the truth I'm noticing, I didn't do it the right way, I'm just saying. But then coming to the understanding, like talking with my mom about my feelings, talking to my mom about how growing up was just rough after we moved to Rhode Island. Like New York was amazing, but after we moved to Rhode Island, it was so, so mm. hard for me. And I think she was just like, well, we were just trying to, you know, make things happen for you. Like, I don't understand. Like, it was just a lot of not understanding. So offering a lot of clarity, bringing a flashlight to that conversation and not even a flashlight, actually, but actually bringing the electricity into the room so we don't have to, like, go one piece at a time, but we see it all at once. And then months later, she called me up. I was in DuPont just, you know, on my half hour walk. (laughs) <laughs> and, and I get a call from her and she's like, oh, does he have time to talk right now? I'm like, of course, what's up? And she's like, I just want to apologize to you. Man, when I tell you I started crying in this park, all these people kept coming up to that. Are you okay? I'm like, no, I'm not. My mom just apologized. And it was just the most. <laughs> and that's hard for black men. It's hard. Women. It's hard for her to do that. Like, and I, I, it just, I always have respect for my parents, bottom line, because 
there's so much they've gone through that I am either aware of or not aware of at all and never will be aware of. For them to have gotten to the point of being able to raise me the way they have and to them to, to have been able to raise my brother the way they have. Still with that said, I there's certain expectations I have because as you were talking about, I honor myself and I honor my friend. I was given life to live it. Mm. I was not given life to succumb to what everyone else says is mm-hmm. what I should be succumbing to. So once it gets to the point where, you know, I'm on my own two feet, I'm handling my own business, I need you to know what's going on. So for her to call me and engage with me in that discussion, offer me context, give me full information on things where usually it'd be like, this is not the child's business. Mm-hmm. For her to just give me all that information in that like two hour long talk, man, we got even closer than we ever have ever have she's my best friend i i have so much love for my mom because she was able to put her ego down come to this conversation with grace me be able to meet her with grace rather than being like well how did you not know how Mm -hmm. did you not understand questioning her she's just sharing what the fact was at that time who she is now is not who she was then who our parents are now is not who they were then and who's not who they were before they had us so offering that kind of grace to them too which is hard because it's like i'm the child i should get to be the child. You should know what's up. Why am I telling you what to do? Why am I shining the well, light on things that, you, to, that I feel like you should already know? Yeah, to your point. It's obviously kind of like offering that grace and being like, actually, mom, actually, dad, I understand that I was your first kid. Like, this was your first go around. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not so bad. Always learning, yeah. Um, yeah. Right. So, to I your point, to you know, what, where it went. Mm-hmm. I just want the acknowledgement. And she gave that. So, go ahead. Just go ahead. Yeah. I, and I thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, <laughs> Um, to your point, I also, uh, I, I, I want to speak on the whole, like, oh, like, you know, this is what the, the, the intersection I'm at in my life, which is real, like, once you be, become an adult, you realize, like, you start seeing your parents for the fact that they're not, like, superheroes, like, they, they can't fix every problem. When I got diagnosed with bipolar, like, I was going through, obviously, a lot of differing challenges in life. And this was one that my mom couldn't fix for me. I couldn't be like, ma, like this is, when I was younger, you would just talk to my mom about what was going on. And, you know, she would figure out yeah. the solution or at least support this, uh, me figuring out the solution. This time, this was something that I had to figure out on my own. And I had to step up and um, find ways to, to support my own healing. Even if, you know, that wasn't always understood by others. What I did want to talk about was like, the fact that like, you know, I'm a child and, you know, I'm the child. How could you not know this? Because actually we all have an inner child in all of us. You know what I'm saying? And so even your your parents, you know, I've had, I've caught glimpses of my mom's inner child when I've interacted with her. I've had conversations um, with my mom where, you know, I've had to have the, uh, the ability to, you know, in so much that she was going to try to bypass her ego you have to bypass your own and what what needs to be understood about love is is is, it's the intersection point you can't really expect have a a a a deeply fulfilling and and meaningful conversation to the extent that there's there's active ego happening when you Mm -hmm. bypass and abandon the ego you return to the point you always were at which was you know which is which is spirit and it's from that place that there is love already um, and active, it, it's, it's actively, um, it's, it's there, it's already there. So I just, I just think, I think that it's just important to sort of like, uh, think about that context of it, which is to say that like, 
you know, as you grow up, the way that you that you will look at your parent will change because of the experiences that you have. And you'll you'll realize that, like, you know, they're just as human as you are. Um, and so it's like, you know, um, if I if I take away if, once again, like I take away the construct of who this person is and who I am, which is ego. And I say, OK, this person is a human being and therefore has an inner experience the same I do. You know, you'll really connect with them. And, you know, just to, to answer the question that Sky posed, what's the, what's the best way to go about these conversations? Think about it, as I was saying a little bit earlier, don't ap- approach it from a standpoint of I'm trying to achieve my justice. You know what I'm saying? Like, if I uh, challenge this person, I will feel better about what I went through when I was younger. Not necessarily, you know, that's just really important. Ultimately, what you're, you're having those conversations for is so that you can cultivate the present relationship and so that you can you know honor your own needs as you're healing like i think it's just so important to recognize that because if you go into it with the expectations of it going a certain way you may feel disappointed and more triggered you just have to recognize that like at the end of the day i'm having this conversation so that i can essentially advocate for myself that's really what these conversations are for if you choose to have them and you know, if your if your parent is somebody who um, obviously wants you to be okay and um, you know honors your healing and your ability to be present emotionally, then you know they they will um, they'll care to listen. But I recognize that that's not the case for all parents. Um, mm-hmm. I just think that it's important to, to frame this from a standpoint of like self advocacy. And, and just meeting whatever your need is for yourself at this moment in order to continue to have a healthy dynamic with this person. I mean, otherwise, you know, it, may, it might help to take space from certain people with familial relationships because they can just be very triggering if you're trying to start imagining yourself differently. I want to harp on what you just said, actually, because in the case, because you mentioned what it had, part of what you said mentioned the case of what if your parents aren't ready for that conversation to happen. Like, there are some situations in which the parent, there's one parent that just is, that conversation is just not gonna happen, not anytime soon. And so there was this quote that I found that I really wanted to share with everyone that I read to anyone that I meet that's like having issues with their parents because I find that it is so therapeutic. So just in this case that you are in a situation in which you just feel like you're not being seen and you know you're not gonna be seen for a really long time by this one particular parent because of whatever traumas that they've endured in their own lives, that you may or may not be aware of. Here's this quote that I saw. This was actually after a very particularly challenging time with my family. And I locked myself in the bathroom and was just surfing through Instagram stories, just trying to you know, distract, distract me. And this, this wheel came up between Oprah and Bishop T.D. Jakes. I'm not religious, but like this, something about that man's voice. I was like, wait, that deep baritone, I just got to hear it. So anyway, I stayed on and I was listening some more. And here's how it goes. O says, your mothers and your fathers can't be what your ideal is. Isn't that correct? And Bishop T.D. Jake says, yes, because they were broken when you got them. There are people in this room like you and me who are voluminous. We are 10 gallon people, but we may have been born in the families of people who have pint capacities. Mm. When you are a 10 gallon person and you want love, you want it on a 10 gallon level, but a pint person, they could be giving you all that they have, sincerely giving you everything, but it doesn't fill you up because you're bigger than that. But you just realize 
some people that's all they got that's true and so for me that like that whoo i had to start crying it was so cathartic <laughs> it was really a moment like i don't cry yeah. easily there's nothing wrong with crying but it takes a lot for me to get there yeah. and this quote just got me there because it gave me the tools to offer that grace right that and grace defined as unmerited favor to this to this situation that i was in where i had to understand that i was sincerely being given everything that this person could give me they were giving me everything and it was tearing them apart but because yeah. i was like this it just wasn't filling me up the way i wanted it to be filled up right. and i had to make peace with that I had to make peace with that. Otherwise I would have been stuck in my head forever with how that whole situation was. Yeah. And I think adding to that example, which is really great is that our parents see themselves in us, right? Like we are a piece of them. And so by extension, they are fighting with another piece of themselves. Mm. Um, That's a great point. And so like you, you live, they live vicariously through you. My father says it to me. He's like, I live vicariously through you. You're doing all these cool things. And that makes me excited. And you know, that's something that's really beautiful about like parenthood is having that, you know, Mm -hmm. a person, but it can be toxic. Right. And that's That's sometimes it happens that you have to fit a certain box or certain idea that your parents had about how you should come out, how they wanted to live their life, but they couldn't. Um, And, and they are hoping that you are going to be the break the generational curse, right? And so it's like very interesting, like concept of like, yeah, like our our parents, a lot of them, you know, they come in, in broken boxes and and they're leaking, you know, and they can't always fill up that cup. Um, but they are hoping that the cup they gave you, which was the bigger one, mm-hmm. um, will carry it through. And so your capacity, they're banking on your capacity to accept their faults, um, but they're just not. Ex- 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 um, expressing that deliberately all the time so you know i definitely say you give grace but they also have to have these conversations with them where you're straight up and saying yeah like i understand what what i mean to you mm-hmm. uh, and i hope you understand what you mean to me but right we also have to be mindful of how we communicate and our legacy we have together huh. um because i want to do everything in power to be my own autonomous person i can't live in within your perspective of how things should be and you might have done that and put those expectations on me when I was younger, but I'm a full person. I'm grown and I'm going to live my life the way I want to. Absolutely. Right, right. right. And, it's, and I think that I'm so glad you shared that the idea of the parent, like seeing you as an extension of themselves and like that in and of itself becomes a projection because it's just like, you know, like this is to the extent that they're disappointed in you. It's like they're disappointed in themselves. Like, do you see what I'm trying to say? Which is a projection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, it's a, that's what a projection is. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like, they they feel like it should look a certain way because like that's what they expect out of themselves, but they're not recognizing that you're a different human with different needs. Um, and to the extent that like a one path might have worked for them because of you know what you might be carrying and the, the the nuance of your own experience, you're like I I need to I need to go about things a little bit different. It doesn't make things any less valid for me or any less. Um, have any less merit or you know what I'm saying like you know but for them it's like you I'm 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 disappointed because that's just not what I would have wanted for you because that's not how I that's not what I would have wanted for me you see what I'm saying but you have to recognize that everybody really while you know we are of the same spirit um and, and source ultimately you know um we are different individuals who have had like highly nuanced different experiences and therefore, we have different needs. Now, you know, I'm interested by this one thought. From a spiritual perspective, some people say 
that like before you come into this this incarnation on earth you choose your parents right um and so i wanted to posit that because it's interesting to think about like <laughs> you know no think about that it's just to say that yeah, like, no, your, your soul journey yeah, like, like wow. yeah like awesome. you know when you go into this incarnation you know what you need you know what the in what way you're you're, you're sort of needing to develop um in order to sort of return to source and um feel you know that that liberation now um by choosing a parent that's going to challenge you and push those buttons and i'm not don't get me wrong <laughs> you know what i'm saying this is, it goes back to that whole like when god gives you character development it's like my dude but the point that i'm trying to say is is like sometimes it could help reframe to recognize that you came here to like your real purpose your your, your reason why you're here on on earth is simply to understand yourself to answer the question of why I'm here. That's why you're here, you know what I'm saying? And for that to unravel presently as you take each mindful step. Now, when you frame it from the standpoint of me, that I chose these parents before I incarnated so that I could have a deep understanding of self, it, it hits differently because now you're not a victim. Now you're like, oh, you see what I'm saying? I could put this in context and recognize this spurred this out of me. It's helped me reach this realization. And these people could not be anything but what they are. They were. Do you see what I'm saying? And it's through acceptance that I'm going to reach healing and recognize that, okay, even through all of that, I'm still here showing up the way I'm showing up right now. Imagine that. Do you see what I'm saying? That's powerful, recognizing all of these different things that you had to experience in terms of how different family members presented themselves. But to see that you are still developed the way that you are, that's powerful because that's not on accident. And so sometimes when we think about, man, you know, I hated that this had to happen, but if it didn't happen, you wouldn't be who you are today. And who you are today is somebody who has something very unique to offer to the whole so sometimes honor that sometimes recognize that like you know you weren't here to do anything but understand yourself and to sort of connect with your inner self so even if you've experienced some challenges those things were meant to develop you you see what i'm saying and so if you're who you are today and that's something that you're something that you're proud of that does not have to be separate from your challenges you can embrace the different things you've gone through even if those were you know familial um, struggles and, and traumas. That's a blue that. Yeah, right. I'm like, I can't add to that. <laughs> Loki, a little unsettling for me to imagine having chosen. Yeah. Would, would you? Oh no. Anyway, we should. Yeah, yeah that's, that's another episode. That's another episode. That's a whole other episode. <laughs> yeah, you think, you're thinking from your ego. You're thinking from your personality. You, you have to think about your soul. Your soul yeah. is, is sort of like your higher self. So it's 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 beyond time. So the idea of your most actualized self fully fulfilled. Imagine that person who's fully fulfilled being at peace with who your parents are. Yeah. And that's powerful yeah. because then that's you presently become at peace with who your parents are because you just sort of integrated into that higher self perspective. Because you're like, why would that per person be at peace if they're fully fulfilled? And, and they had the same parents as me. And you're like, oh, because they thought this the way. And then you start thinking that way. And you're like, wait a second. I'm not a victim. All of these things that I've gone through were to help develop me and, 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 and bring me into connection with all that I am and always was. You see what I'm saying? And um, 
that's something to 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 rejoice at. And I look at these these people, my parents who suffered, who hurt hurt me, but I recognize I look at them from a different different eyes now because I see that none of this is disconnected. You see what I'm saying? Mm. The stuff that I'm yeah. going through, it's a reflection of of an overall pattern within this generation, you know, within this this culture. Um, and within humanity. And by healing myself, I'm healing this generation and I'm healing humanity. And so you, you come back home and it's a more compassionate place. And it's a place where, you know, that's, that's, that's real family. You see what I'm saying? Because you back in tune with all, and that's inclusive of even those who hurt you and your family. Thank you for listening to the 2721 Club. Make sure to subscribe to hear more episodes and give us your reviews. Follow us on all major streaming platforms along with Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. I said it's over. I'm no longer gonna be a soldier. We will never let you take us over. I said it's over. I'm not even looking for no closure. Waking up my people like...